In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Tut, and um, in the reading of today, when the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to one of the people, and he told him they should love your neighbor as yourself. And maybe we understand this principle as a very uh, Christian principle, loving others as we love ourselves. But maybe one thing that we don't really understand so well is how is it that we love ourselves? What does it mean to love oneself? Um, because we look at examples maybe that we find in the world of, of people who love themselves, but they love themselves in an ungodly way. And they pursue that kind of love and seeking love for themselves and showing love to themselves in a way that's contrary to the scripture. So what does it mean when the Lord says that we should love others as we love ourselves? Um, so first, I'm going to speak about what it is not, what it is not loving ourselves, what, it, what, what, it, what he does not mean. The first is narcissism. Narcissism is loving one's self in an unhealthy way, having an unreasonably high sense of one's own importance, um, placing one's own image as being like having having an elevated sense of one's own image. When I look at myself, I see myself as a great person. I see myself maybe as um, better than other people. Um, and I want everyone to serve my needs. I want everyone to uh, bow down to me in a sense. Um, and maybe even I manipulate other people in order to get from them what I want. This is an example of what loving self is not. Also, loving self is not pride. Um, pride being attributing all the success to myself. Any, any good thing that I do, I get puffed up in my mind about who is it that I am and what is it that I have accomplished and what I'm capable of. Maybe I feel superior to other people better than them maybe i judge others because again i feel like i'm better than them um, this again is not what what the lord means when he says to love your neighbor as yourself um, loving oneself is also not selfishness seeking one's own benefit above others um, always placing myself first desiring to be um, to be always the first and to to do what is it that pleases me even at the detriment or the harm of other people this is also not the right way to love oneself seeking others people's recognition only caring about how I am seen by others maybe trying to gain the attention of others or to gain the praise and the recognition of other people and focusing so much on how I am seen rather than on the way that God sees me this is also not uh, the the way that we should be loving ourselves in, in 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 the sense that in the Christian sense maybe in the worldly sense when people say that they love themselves they see themselves as something great they want other people to recognize that as well but this is not what the Lord means when he says to love our neighbor as ourselves so we can ask the question then is how do I love myself the first I can ask a question is am I secure in who I am am I comfortable with who God created me to be do I wish that I was a different person? Do I wish that I have different strengths and talents than, than, than I do have? Maybe I look at other people and, and I wish that I had their uh, skills. I wish I looked like them. I wish I could talk like them. I wish I had their intelligence. I wish I had their career. I wish I had their life. This is uh, an example of maybe of a person who doesn't love themselves. They don't love the life that they have received from God. They don't love the gifts that they have received from God. They focus so much on what they are lacking rather than on what it is that they have and so they are not secure in in who they are um, do i consider myself to be fundamentally good even though yes i have been um, corrupted by sin as we all have but that god created me to be good and he created me with a purpose and he created me for a reason and my purpose and reason is unique that god has, has created me to serve the people who are around me to be um, a source of good for the people around me 
um, am I secure in this? Or am I always chasing something else? You know, people will ask, like, is it wrong to desire something more? Is it wrong to be ambitious and to desire something that I don't have? And the answer is no, it's not wrong. But if God were to say, no, I want you to remain here. I don't want you to be promoted. I don't want you to have something more than what you currently have. I want you to be contented with what it is that you currently have. What is our reaction to this? Am I secure in this? Do I feel like I am good in this because God has granted this to me and I'm satisfied with what God has given? Or am I always desiring more because I feel like what I have is not enough? So one way to love ourselves is to be content and secure with the things that God have, has given me. The second way is I appreciate my points of strength, meaning I know myself. So I can see what areas of strength that I have, what gifts and talents that God has given me. And so I am aware of them and I'm thankful for them. And I thank God for these things and I pursue them. I use them. I don't just let them remain idle. I don't just be like the servant in the parable of the talents that takes his talent and buries it under the ground. But no, instead I'm using my strengths and my talents for the glory of God to serve other people, not just hoarding it for myself. This is, again, another way that we love ourselves because we are using the gifts that God has given us. Um, and this is very important. Also, I am aware of my weaknesses. This is also actually part of loving ourselves because to love ourselves means to know ourselves. If I look at myself and I see weaknesses, but I deny them or I try to, to I don't accept the fact that I have these things or I try to cover them up or pretend like they don't exist, this is actually harmful to ourselves. This is not loving ourselves. The person who loves themselves is not going to hide their weakness, but is going to confess. You, you come in confession and say, this, these are my weaknesses. These are my failures. This is the, the wrong thoughts that I have, the wrong attitudes that I have, the wrong things that I've done. And I come and I confess openly before God and repent and saying, God, help me to overcome these weaknesses. So again, this is actually self-love. Self-love is to acknowledge who is it that we are, whether with strengths or with weaknesses, and to offer all of ourselves to God. To give ourselves to God is to tell him, whatever it is that you have made me to be, whatever you have created me for, um, I offer it back to you again, whether with my strengths, with my weaknesses, with everything. But this is why we focus so much on self-examination in the church. In order for me even to come to repentance, in order for me to know my strengths, in order for me to know my weaknesses, and over, in order for me to love myself at all, I have to know myself. You can't love something that you don't know. And sometimes we run away from this self-examination because we're afraid of what we're going to find, or maybe because we've made poor decisions, bad choices, we have regrets um, from our past that we do not want to confront. And so we find ourselves running away from ourselves, running away from the reality of, of the situation that we are in. And then this is actually not loving ourselves because we will remain always in bondage to our past, to our past regrets, to our mistakes, without actually owning up to anything and without confronting them in order to be healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So in order for us to truly love ourselves means a person who is sick goes to the physician. You know, when, when we say that we, are, we, we, we care about our bodies because whenever something is not going right, we go to the doctor, we go to the hospital, we have surgery, whatever it is that needs to be done in order to correct the problem, even if that thing is painful. You know, surgery is painful. Um, being treated in all types of treatments can be very painful. But this is actually considered love. So love is not always something that feels good. A lot of times love is difficult. 
when people decide that they want to start going to counseling or therapy, maybe this is difficult. Maybe the idea that, you know, I have such problems in my life that requires me to start going to counseling or to acknowledge that there are failures in my life that are debilitating, that are, uh, that are preventing me from growing or preventing me from having a good outlook on my life. This is maybe difficult to even for us to accept that we have these problems. But that is the first step to healing. And that's why this is a form of self-love. We love ourselves because we want ourselves to be healthy um, and, and, and good. So what are other ways that we can love? What is loving self? The first is knowing the honor to be counted among God's children. How is it that I would feel loved? And in what way do I feel that God even loves me? Um, I feel loved by God because he has counted me to be among his children and this is not based on any success or any achievement that I've done but is a, a free gift that God has given to me. When you try to contemplate on what is the reason that God loves us it's really a baffling. There is no reason. There is no reason that God should love us. We haven't added anything to him. We haven't given him anything. Um, he loved us even before we were created and that's why he chose to create us and actually we are constantly a source of pain to him. Uh, actually, in the incarnation, of course, humanity, we are the ones who crucified him. Um, we rejected him. We didn't believe in him. All throughout history, read in the scripture the story of people whom he created and gave all manner of good things to them, and yet they continue to well, worship other gods. They continue to reject his counsel. They continue to do whatever it is they wanted without following him. Um, and so you, you question, like, why is it? What is it that we have done that would cause God to love us as he does? And the answer is nothing. We haven't done anything. Why is it that parents love their children? Parents have not, or the children have not added anything to the parents. Um, the children are maybe also a constant source of stress and disobedience and expense. And But parents love the children just because, just because they are children. And maybe this is also a model that God gave us in the family to help us to understand the love of God is that God loves us in the same way not for any particular reason other than just who we are. He created us and he loves us for who we are. So the idea of simply being created in the image of God and being the children of God, this is a huge, uh, this is a huge thing. We are actually the only creation that God made us to be in this way. There is no other creation, whether angels or animals or, or any other inanimate thing in the universe, in this whole vast universe that, that a God made. We are the only creatures with this special attribute that God considers us to be his children. Not even angels are the children of God. But for us to be the children of God, even though actually angels are more obedient to God than we are. You know, what, the angels that are in heaven, they don't disobey God. The, the, the nature does not disobey God. Whenever God commands the nature, you know, we always speak about like the story of Jonah, uh, the prophet. The prophet himself, he was the one rejecting God's will and God's command and God's guidance and God's calling the entire story. But who is it that didn't? The storm that God sent uh, obeyed God. The fish that God sent to swallow Jonah obeyed God. Everything in the story actually obeyed God except for the prophet himself. Right? So, so we are always kind of resisting the will of God and yet he still continues to love us. And so this is a kind of honor like why is it that I have been given this special status not for anything that I have done but simply because of his love to us um, another uh, another way that we love ourselves is by recognizing our uniqueness what was the role that I was called to do what is the purpose that I have been given um, and this includes maybe the very specific people the very specific tasks that God has called me for so for instance someone who is a father or a mother is called to love the people in their immediate family, 
This is part of the role that I have been given that's very unique to me, that God is showing love to the people around me through me, and that I am receiving love also through the people who are around me. There is a unique role that God has called each of us for. And some, some of people, their, their role maybe is more prominent and more visible and people are more aware of what it is that they do. Maybe they have a higher status or rank or position in whatever way. But some people, um, even though maybe people aren't really aware of them or what it is that they're doing, their role is just as unique and just as important for the reason that God has created us. So to, 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 to love ourselves means that we recognize the uniqueness that God created us to be. He created us unique. Each one of us has a role, and no one else can fulfill my role or my goal or my mission except for me. The third is believing that even the broken parts of us can still benefit others. Maybe one reason that people give up or they feel um, unloving is because they feel like I am so broken, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer. Either I have nothing to offer God because maybe I wasted my life and I feel like I have not done what I should do in order to be closer to him, in order to know more about the Bible, to know more about the church, to, um, to, to do something good with myself. Or um, I, I'm, I'm simply a, a broken person and uh, even when I try to love the people around me, I find myself always failing. I'm not able to love the people around me um, as I should. But God can actually use us despite our weaknesses. One of the things we learn also by reading in the scripture is that all of the people that God chose to be prophets and to be his servants were actually weak. They had all weaknesses. They all had failures. They all had mistakes. They all had things in, about them that did not measure up to the perfect standard that God wants us to do. And so we see that God is actually someone who heals us. He heals us in our brokenheartedness. He heals the parts of us and, and, and actually trying to fulfill the, the, the task, the purpose, the mission that God has called us to, whatever the role is God has called us to, even if it just means being a husband or a wife or a father or a mother or a son or a daughter or a friend, whether we, all these things as we are attempting and doing our best to be these things, we find that in this God can begin to work in us and to heal us and help us to discover maybe the areas of our life that are broken that need to be addressed. And so my weakness doesn't disqualify me from fulfilling what it is that God wants me to do. And this is very important because when we believe that we can be used in the hands of God despite our weaknesses, then this is also a type of love that we, we, we realize that this is God's love for us and that we have love for ourselves because we have patience with ourselves. Sometimes we are so critical of ourselves that we are not willing to give ourselves any uh, space to fail. And actually a person who never fails can never grow, right? If you think about any moment or any time where you've really grown in your life, it's usually associated with some kind of a failure. I fail and then I get up again and I learn something and I grow and I increase, right? So if, if the moment that I fail, I find myself unable to continue, um, not, not believing and not willing, that God is going to change me or going to help me, then again, this is not self-love. This is not loving myself. This is being overly critical of myself. You know, the other extreme is not being critical enough. The other extreme is just like not caring at all about what I do and just doing anything that I want, whether it's right or wrong, without any kind of sense of moral conscience. But, but the opposite extreme is being overly critical. And sometimes we are overly critical. We don't give ourselves enough space to kind of to, to, to fall and to rise up again, to fall and to rise up again. So this is important for us. The moment we fall, we should learn from it, but we shouldn't stop or to give up. Also, having the courage to admit faults. Again, as I said, a sick person 
whenever they uh, recognize that they are sick, they go and they seek healing. And if a person doesn't seek healing, that means that they hate themselves. They really don't care about their body. They don't care about their well-being. They don't care about their health. They are just maybe in a spiral of self-destruction. And this happens to us whenever we lose hope. Maybe when after a failure or after a disappointment, after something that happens that is painful and difficult to us, maybe sometimes we go in the spiral of self-destruction, which is actually a type of self-hatred. Instead of me saying, okay, how can I help myself overcome the challenges that I'm facing, overcome the disappointment that I had, overcome the suffering or the tragedy even um, that I experienced, how can I help myself? Instead, maybe we find ourselves just trying to numb the pain by doing self-destructive things. When people turn to drugs or to alcohol or to attention-seeking behavior that is self-destructive, all manner of self-destructive things is actually self-hatred. And maybe we do it because we want to avoid the pain, we want to avoid the suffering, we want to get over the, the, the kind of the, the anxiety that we feel, but actually in the long run, it, it causes us more pain. And, and it's really a sign that we do not love ourselves. The person who really loves themselves is able to ac acknowledge their failures, admit their faults, seek help, seek healing, and to have patience with themselves that this is possible. And this is the model that we see the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when he would come to people who were tax collectors or harlots and prostitutes and these people, these people had given up. They never expected that anyone was going to accept them as being like upright uh, people in society. They had been labeled, they had a bad reputation, and there was, they weren't even, not even trying. But when the Lord came and he offered them love, he actually not only offered them his own love, but he taught them how to love themselves. He says, no, you are worthy for you to, to overcome this, to repent from this, to you're capable of something more than what you are, even though you've lived a life of sin, even though you've lived a life that is, that is wrong, but that doesn't disqualify you from change. And this was the difference between the way that the Lord addressed people and the way that the Pharisees addressed people. Pharisees labeled the people as being sinful, and actually maybe they were sinful, but they considered that there was no change possible. There was nothing that they could do to change their situation, and forever a sinful woman would be a sinful woman. There is no other way for, for, for her to be seen. There's no potential that she has to change. But of course, when the Lord saw the same person, he saw someone worthy of love, someone who has potential, someone who's able to do good, and he taught them, he taught all of the people to love themselves. He says, no, you are, you are, you are, you are receiving salvation from God, Right? You are capable of more than this, and he motivated them and inspired them to change and to do better. So having courage to admit our faults and to seek healing is, is a very important type of love. The last point I will mention is offering ourselves for a higher purpose. Meaning whenever God is calling us to a certain calling, we respond to the call. Sometimes we, um, we hesitate to respond to the call of God because sometimes the call, or always the call, is difficult. The call is difficult. And the call is not just about very unique or special things like someone is called to be an apostle, someone is called to be a priest, or someone is called. No, but the calling is a calling to repentance. The calling is a calling to spiritual struggle, a calling to prayer, a calling to fasting, a calling to work on ourselves, right? Because the, the spiritual healing that we're talking about, which is we said is a type of self-love and a self-care, it is not only a one-way thing. It's not only like God is just going to change us um, as we're sitting there and suddenly we find ourselves changed. But no, the, the self-love is, uh, is, and the way that God changes us requires our cooperation. It requires us to do work. And so the calling is rise up, 
you know, when we, we pray in the midnight praises, he says, arise, arise, you children of the light. Um, we are we're called by God to rise, meaning come up, come out of the, the state of slumber that you are in, um, whether it be the physical slumber because we are physically tired and lazy to stand to pray and to praise God, or whether it be the, the type of spiritual slumber where we are just complacent in our life, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to work harder spiritually. We are just so consumed to the world and the things that are in it and distracted by it. And our schedule is all tied up with the things that I want to do in my life and the, the busyness of my life. And we don't even consider or pause to think about how I am addressing my spiritual life and what really do I need to be happy. You know, sometimes we think to be happy, I have to pursue what my flesh wants. I have to pursue what, my, my, what will give me pleasure in the world. But actually the thing that brings us the greatest joy and the greatest happiness is to be at peace with God. And when we are at peace with God, we are contented with our life and everything that, that we have, we, we look at it with different eyes. We look at it in, in, with goodness. We look at it that, that I have hope in the future, not because I have a lot of money or because I'm seeking some kind of pleasure, but simply because of who I am in Christ and that I have hope of the f in the future. And so when we offer ourselves to God, when we focus on our spiritual life, this is actually the greatest form of self-love because it transforms our entire life and brings us real contentment and real peace and joy, which nothing else in the world can give. So sometimes people will spend their whole life chasing after happiness and they will never find it. And they'll think that everything that they want to achieve or attain is what will bring it to them. And maybe they are upset because they do not receive it. And they think, if only, if only I could have this and this and this, then I would be happy. But that's not the case. Those of us who really want to be happy, who want to have joy in our lives, we offer ourselves to God and respond to his call. Because his call gives us purpose. It is the reason why we were created. When he, when, he, when he creates us for a purpose, when we fulfill the purpose, then we are going to be fulfilled and satisfied in our life because everything that we do is in accordance with God's will and we find harmony and peace with God. Whereas if we live apart from him and, and we live maybe a morally corrupt life or we live a life simply of just seeking self-pleasure and that's all, or a life where we are wasting our time with things that are not edifying, then in the end I'm going to find myself empty and alone. So, so in the gospel for today, the Lord reminded us of the reasons why or, or how is it that we should love our neighbor. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Before we can even think about what it means to love our neighbor, we have to first know how to love ourselves and what does loving ourselves mean. And may God grant us during this Coptic year to have a renewed mind and a change of life so that we will always see ourselves in the lens of the work of the Holy Spirit in us to love ourselves as the Lord loves us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.